to the Good Robot Andy's Season 10, Episode 3. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerill. And the thing that we're talking about this evening, which I honestly have zero idea what it is, is... Because you didn't ask. Because I didn't ask. <laughs> is a movie... It's a movie. Called El- Elvis. Elvis. So the, the point yeah. is that the, the unique selling point of this podcast is that I know absolutely nothing. So I'm just enhancing I think that. you might be able to guess the, the content of it from, okay. from the title. <laughs> um, I think this is a, the, uh, a biopic of the famous musician Elvis Costello. Ah, that's a good guess. But it's wrong. Oh, dear. Yes. It's actually about an Elvis impersonator from Cleethorpes. Okay. Who goes on a... No, it's not. It's... Um, <laughs> oh, that was only quite interesting. Yeah, actually, I probably would go and see that. Um, so this is a uh, brand new... Um, let me just see how brand new it actually is. 2022. Wow, that is the same year as this. Yes, it is. It actually came out in um, June mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, it's a biographical musical drama film directed by Baz Luhrmann. I've heard of him. We've had him before, haven't we? We haven't, actually, no. We did discuss him, I think, on the last pod. All right. A little bit, anyway. Um, I feel like you've so talked about get... him a lot, but maybe. I don't think I have. But I'm just going to... Okay. Um, I've talked about... Uh, what's his name? Darren Aronofsky a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that mother? So Baz Luhrmann is an Australian... Uh, film director, producer, writer, and actor. Um, probably best known for William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet. Right, yeah. Which I quite like. It's fine. Uh, Moulin Rouge, which I don't like. I thought that was a bit mildly entertaining. Yeah, I'm, I think I need to revisit it because everybody, not everybody, but lots of people really like Moulin yeah, Rouge. Yeah, I, I, I would not say that. I just found it mildly entertaining. Um, Australia, which I didn't finish. I found it to be tiresome. Okay. Uh, the Great Gatsby, which I ing- enjoyed a great deal. Okay. I thought it was very good. Think- good. A good adaptation. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's good. Okay. Yeah, it's good. And this, Elvis. So he hasn't made that many movies. Right. He's, I, I wouldn't say he's all that prolific. I guess it's um, the Romeo Gatsby was 2013. Right. Uh, so that came out in 96. Right. Gatsby was 2013, Elvis was 2022. So, you know, he's... Wow. Yeah. Taking he's his time. Prolific. Yeah. Yeah, taking his time. Doing it properly. Um, I think so. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, so, this is an interesting one um, because it tells the story of Elvis Presley through the eyes of his manager... Actually, his promoter, not his actual manager. Okay. A man called Colonel Tom Parker, um, who was not a colonel, <laughs> and his name wasn't Tom Parker. Was his name Colonel? No, okay. not even Colonel. So uh, he was a... Um, I'll just fill listener in, actually. So Colonel Tom Parker, um, he was a... He started out as like a carnival promoter. Okay. Uh and then moved into promoting country music acts mm-hmm. uh, in the south, southern states of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was of Dutch uh, ancestry, but there is no record of him ever entering the United States, <laughs> and he never served in the military. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't his name, and he wasn't a colonel. Okay. 
what he was uh, was a really good promoter. Right. You know, he could sell you anything. He even basically. thought of a good name for himself. He even thought of a good name for himself uh, to basically hide in plain sight as I'm not an immigrant. Uh, I'm a colonel of you know some nondescript um, <laughs> military outfit in the United States. And everybody just accepted it. Nobody asked any questions about it at that time. Wow. Um, so it's but it's not about Elvis him. Presley's. It's a much it's a much about him as it is about Elvis okay, Presley. Okay, okay, okay. Which is an interesting take on it because yeah. we don't really know a lot about this man, mm-hmm. and uh, whereas a great deal has been written about Elvis Presley yeah. and his career and what he got up to. And it seems like um, at first, like I, I don't know much about Elvis Presley. I'm just I'm feel bored of him already without knowing much right okay so i kind of felt the same way about this okay until i heard the the reviews of it were just so overwhelmingly positive about this film okay um particularly from uh actor sanjeev bakshar who is a massive elvis fan mm-hmm. and he said this is this film is the absolute this is this is an absolutely amazing piece of work. And I just thought, okay, well, he is a huge Elvis fan and I like him a great deal, so I'm going to give this a go and see... Where did you hear that from him? Uh, on Kermode and Mayo's, um, what was the radio show, but is now not a radio show anymore. It's now been demoted to the internet. It's now been demoted to the internet well, pro- and it's full of adverts. Promoted yes. to be to be on the same level as us, but obviously with the adverts that make it a little bit worse. Yeah, I find the adverts to be tiresome. Really? Okay. Um, more so because uh, you can subscribe and not have the adverts, yeah. but I don't want to subscribe, <laughs> so I don't. So I have to put up with them, basically. I've been listening to a couple of advert, a couple of podcasts with adverts recently. Um, maybe I'll talk about at the end what I've been listening to. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the ones that I listen to have adverts in them. Um, it seems to be the way of things, which is a shame. Apart from us. But people, people have got to eat. You know, yeah. I mean, we have jobs. Yeah, this is not our job. Surprised as you might Indeed. be to hear that, listener. <laughs> yeah, because it's so slick. Um, so yeah, let's go back to this uh, this movie. Um, so yeah, came out in June. Also, st- so um, Elvis is played by an actor called Austin Butler, who I wasn't previously aware of, but is in. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right. which we talked about on this pod. Yeah. He plays one of Charles Manson's, in quotes, family. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't remember him in that at all, because uh, the family are kind of, well, kind of generically like evil hippie types. Okay. Um, but he is in that. <clears throat> and actually, thinking back on it, he's very good in it as well. Okay. Um, and Colonel Tom Parker in this is played by uh, Tom Hanks. Okay. Who plays him extremely well, as you would expect, really. Yeah. Um, rest of the cast, Olivia de Jong plays uh, Priscilla Presley, as she would be. Uh, Helen Thompson, Richard Roxburgh plays um, now uh, uh, Presley's dad. Calvin Harrison Jr., David Wenham, and Cody Smith-McPhee round off the cast. Does it cover, like, the whole history? Y- yes, the whole thing. Wow, is yeah. it long? Yes, it is. Okay. It's uh, 159 minutes long. 
Uh, Two and a half hours. That's not that long. I've seen longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so, yeah. But uh, it is long. You're not selling it to me so far. Okay. Um, it's It's the second highest grossing biopic of all time behind Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a biopic. Oh, I like a good biopic. I mean, I I watched the one one about what's-his-name. Not what's-his-name. Yeah, um, with the Ring of Fire. Oh, um, what's that called? Walk the Line? Yeah. What do you think of that? It was a bit depressing. And, you know, I'm I'm okay. Yes. I'm okay with, you know, depressing is quite good, so it was okay, but... I, would, I didn't like that I very would much. never watch it again, that's for sure. I just smacked the microphone stand, which is something that I do quite a lot. Um, <laughs> There's a reason why this is not our jobs. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, this covers the whole thing from Presley's uh, childhood, uh, where his family moved from, from a predominantly... Wow. Yep. Where, where his family moved from a predominantly white area to a predominantly black area because his dad defaulted on some loans and they had to move mm-hmm. um, and where he got into going to the local gospel church right? and got into the music right. and we see him really getting into it in, in the church and mm-hmm. sort of really feeling the, the power of it all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then him getting into blues music and what I didn't I knew that Presley took uh, you know black American music and made it his own and commercialized it. But what I didn't know is that he molded the two things together. So he molded gospel and blues into something completely new, which nobody had ever heard heard before, which is what we now know as rock and roll. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And those early scenes where he's going to the gospel church and he's looking at blues music are exhilarating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then his the first time that we see um we see Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker um the first time that he sees Elvis Presley is you can see the dollar signs mm-hmm. in his eyes mm-hmm. it's like this is the person who's going to make my fortune kind right. of thing because he understands that nobody's ever seen anything like this before mm-hmm. and he wants to be the sole person who's in charge of making sure that everybody gets to see him Right. Um, so that he can basically cream the money off the top of it, basically. And is Elvis writing um, the songs? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh, no, actually. So his debut song, which was That's All Right, Mama, mm-hmm. is like a blues standard song. Okay. And we see that being sung by somebody in a bluesy style mm-hmm. in the movie, and then we see Elvis singing it in the way that he sings it. So the early stuff, like Hound Dog, mm-hmm. is also a standard right. as well. Yeah, I thought that was... Yeah. Um, but then later on, um, we see him starting to write his own stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and that's quite surprising for someone from that era, I would have thought. Yeah. What, writing their own stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, so the early stuff is covers, um, but what he brings to it is the energy. Mm. And I think that... So I... I'm not a da- I'm not a, not really a, an Elvis fan at all. I can appreciate and understand how important he was mm-hmm. to music. Mm-hmm. Um, and what when I think of Elvis, I think of the terrible movies, mm-hmm. which are pretty terrible. Yeah. 
and I think of him playing in Vegas in a white suit and looking really unwell. Yeah. And I don't really think of anything else. Yeah. But what this shows you is the period between his debut and then when he got drafted into the military, he was like just... No, there was nothing else like him mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the world. And he was an amazing and, live performer. And Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. so the first time we see him perform live, when Tom Hanks sees him, um, you, uh, you see the, the gig that was before that, which was this country music act, which is very staid mm-hmm. and very dull mm-hmm. and very boring. Mm-hmm. And Elvis comes on stage with his band and says, you know, hi there, I'm Elvis Presley. We're going to sing you a song called... Uh, that's all right, Mama. And then he starts singing, and he starts doing the hip movements, mm-hmm. and which are very much like the gospel stuff that's going on in church. Mm-hmm. And you see people looking at him, thinking, "I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about this." Mm-hmm. So you see men, like couples, you see the men and one man and a couple looking at a woman, thinking, "Is she getting?" aroused by this <laughs> mm-hmm. what's going on here i'm quite jealous of this man up on the stage and then like the women and the and the young girls in the in the audience just start going crazy mm-hmm. and tom hanks is like haha this is it right, this right, is my right, ticket right. uh and you hear a voiceover which says i realized that those women in the audience were feeling things that they had never felt before and they weren't sure what was going on mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, this kind of thing. So we see a lot of that going on. Um, and then Tom Parker starts to uh, get into Elvis's life. He's a manipulator of people. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he manipulates Elvis Presley in, a, in an emotional way and a, a financial way, but also manipulates his parents into letting him into his life. So is he a bad guy? I don't think he... Well, see, a lot of people think he is a bad guy. Right. Um, and I'll go into that later okay, in the movie, okay, actually. Okay. And we can talk about whether he is a bad guy or not. Mm-hmm. But certainly at the beginning of the film, he appears to have Elvis Presley's best interests at heart in getting him out to the public. Kind right, of thing. right. But he's kind of manipulating him in order to achieve those ends. He very much manipulates his mum and dad, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. who are quite conservative, and you know he's uh, he he presents himself as someone who can take care of Elvis Presley, and you know you can trust me, and mm-hmm. all this kind of thing. And uh, his mum is he Elvis Presley idolizes his mother, mm-hmm. but she has a drinking problem, mm-hmm. and um. Uh, when, so the yeah, so the tours start. He then gets him. <clears throat> um, he says that you should go get drafted in the military. I think that would be good for your profile. Right. So he spends some time in Germany in the army. Um, comes back and then they start the movies and uh, there's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And but it's at this point that Elvis Presley's thinking. Is this really all there is? Right. You know, he's feeling a bit like he's on the, like a hamster on a wheel kind of thing. He's kind of on to him, kind of on to Colonel Tom Parker thinking, Okay. I'm not really sure what's going on here, but I don't actually think I like this anymore. Right. 
So some other promoters approach him, so these young guys who are quite hip, Mm -hmm. and say to him, there's a whole audience around the world who want to hear you. Mm -hmm. And we can get you out there, and you can make loads of money, and it's going to be really awesome. And that's the seeds of the what's now known as the 68 Comeback Special, which is a TV show. Okay. In which he... Um, because after the movies, he beca- I think he became a bit of a joke. You know, it's right. like... Uh, people didn't really take him seriously anymore. Um, so we wanted to get back in front of an audience on TV. And that was a very successful special. Right. But it had nothing to do with Colonel Tom Parker. Okay. At all. Okay. Uh, but he... When he gets wind of Elvis Presley wanting to go abroad... He asserts his authority mm-hmm. by saying to him and his family, but what about the security? You don't know what's out there. There could be crazy people out there. Mm-hmm. They might hurt you. Mm-hmm. You need to stay here. You need to stay with me. And what we're going to do is going to go on tour, and then we're going to go to Las Vegas. Right. And you can feel we'll the, put your- the doom approaching. Yes. You can feel the doom approaching, yeah. What Elvis Presley doesn't know is that Colonel Tom Parker has a massive gambling problem. Okay. Um, and owes a lot of money to the to this casino in casino hotel in Vegas. So he stops him doing a world tour? Basically. Yes, he stops him doing a world so tour. So did he never do a world tour? He never played outside the United States. Wow. Isn't that yeah. amazing? That would never happen. No. No, I mean... No. So, and it's sad because... You know, people outside of the United States never got to saw him, see him live mm-hmm. or in in person or on TV or in an interview or anything like that. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons is, is that Colonel Tom Parker didn't have a passport because obviously he was an illegal immigrant. Right. So he couldn't leave the country. <laughs> right. Wow. Yes. So that's why he was afraid of that. Mm-hmm. And that's why... He, so um, they end up going to Vegas... And uh, he approaches the the bosses at Vegas and say, "Look, we'll do these. We'll do some shows for you, and uh, this is this is how much money I want." And he sort of puts a napkin over there, and this is what I want in return. And they say, "Yeah, okay, that's fine, and we'll clear your debt, and uh, that's fine. It's all good." Mm-hmm. And initially, this is just for like just a few shows. Mm-hmm. But these few shows are just incredibly popular. So Colonel Tom Parker, who is essentially greedy, um, when he again gets a win that Elvis wants to go abroad and go and do something else, he locks him into the casino for five years. Ouch. Five years. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself slightly there. So what we do see here is the first show that he does in this um in this casino ballroom um which is the like the, the image of like the white suit and the big band mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. thing and him orchestrating Elvis Presley orchestrating this kind of gospel version of that's all right mama mm-hmm. um and honestly the energy that is projected from the television mm-hmm. or from whatever it is you're watching on is absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the performance that Austin Butler delivers throughout this film mm. is amazing. It really is just. I don't quite know how he managed to get the energy together to do this because mm. they shot this. 
They started shooting in 2020. They shot for like three months, and then Tom Hanks got COVID. Do you remember this? He got COVID when he was oh, in Australia. That rings a bell, yeah. So he was shooting. That's when they were shooting this movie. Mm. And they had to shut down uh, until Hanks was better and then restart again. So Austin Butler was essentially playing Elvis for two years whilst they shot this film. Wow. Um, which is a long time to stay with one thing. Yeah. But he is incredibly consistent throughout it. I mean, I'm just, I'm heaping praise upon him because it really is quite something of a performance. Right. Um, because what it did is it blew all of my assumptions and all of my prejudices about Elvis Presley out of the water. Right. And what I saw was a man who was incredibly passionate about his craft and about his music. Mm. And that was really important to see that, really. When music is done really, really well in a film, it's really yeah. awesome. Yeah, so that, uh, the obviously, you know, the band, it looks like the band are all playing live. He's certainly singing the, he's singing live as well. So that first show that we see bits and pieces of in the film is exhilarating. It really is exhilarating. Mm. And I think it would have been quite something to be in the audience there to see that happening. Guess what film I think has the best music in it? No, like the best musical projection of energy. What, like live, like live music type thing? Yeah. Um, is it The Doors? No, I hate The that's, Doors. That's a good one. Okay, <laughs> that's a shame. I like that movie. Go on then. Uh, Pitch Perfect. Oh yeah, Pitch Perfect is good. Yeah, the the way yeah. that the music in that is, um, the energy of it and the uh, the the fun of it is just yeah. awesome. I love it. Also, Spinal Tap. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't say the music in Spinal Tap is quite up there. It's not very good, but it is fun. <laughs> but yeah, Pitch Perfect is a good choice. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Uh, we uh what then happens is that when Elvis gets wind that he is locked into this for five years, he's you know understandably incredibly unhappy mm -hmm. about it, and he could have just walked he away presumably well, he tries to, okay. so he fires Colonel Tom Parker right um to which his dad is just really unhappy about because his dad doesn't understand what's going on right uh Colonel Tom Parker then presents um his dad with a an itemized list of things that he owes him money for right which comes to like millions of dollars yeah <laughs> so they're like we can't afford it we we can't do this we have to stick with him right so they're stuck they're basically stuck they have to stay there and do these five years of gigs at so, this vegas casino so terrible because like if he just got in touch with the right person they could have totally got him out of it and Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah, you do, you know, you get in touch with a decent a decent lawyer. Yeah. And they say, "Yeah, we'll just we'll just buy you out. Yeah, just buy you, yourself yeah. out of it." And you can you can get the money for that by just finding the right promoter who who wants to who will make you plenty of money from, yeah. Well, that's what these guys wanted to do yeah. to take him out of the country and go and tour, but because Tom Parker was such a manipulator of people. He managed to get that back on right. side yeah. Yeah. to what he wanted to do. Right. So it, this is a complex movie about, you know, creative people and a promoter who, who doesn't want to lose his cash cow. You've definitely and made him sound like a buddy. I think he is. 
Yeah, I don't have a lot of sympathy for him. Okay. I think he is definitely a bad guy. Okay. okay. Um, however, people who who were around at the time, so particularly Priscilla Presley, said that she never found him to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. She always thought he was charming, and she always thought that they he had their best interests at heart because obviously she wasn't aware of the stuff that was going on in the background. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't a bad guy. No, and, it, uh, obviously it doesn't mean that this movie is giving a correct picture either. No, no, it isn't. That's right. Um, but take a moment to talk, actually take some time to talk about the visual and you know the sound of this movie. So Baz Luhrmann is famous for his fast cutting mm-hmm. and his using, using editing to give energy to a film. Mm-hmm. This is an approach that I think worked very well in Romeo plus Juliet, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's Shakespeare and it's a little bit dull. Mm-hmm. At least on film, Shakespeare can be a little bit dull. Mm-hmm. And I think he brought energy to that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and in other things, I found it to be kind of irritating. I thought it worked really well for Great Gatsby. Right. Um, and in this, it takes, again, you know, when talking about my preconceptions about Elvis Presley's life, it just gives the whole thing energy and power mm-hmm. that I that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that in terms of um, the kind of films that I normally talk about on this pod, are stuff that maybe people haven't seen. A lot of people saw this. This film doesn't need me to big it up. Okay, but I wanted to talk about it because I enjoyed it so much. Right, and I hadn't even heard of it, so it needed me to big it up. Yeah, okay. Um, so no, I no, highly... I needed you to be high, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. Um, I highly, highly recommend this. Right. I think it will teach you something about Elvis Presley. It will teach you something about American music mm-hmm. um, and about Colonel Tom Parker. And it's. I think it's the, the Baz Luhrmann film that I've enjoyed the most. Right. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It, it, it made me feel sad. Mm-hmm. So it, it made me feel a lot of things. So mm-hmm. it made me feel happy that I saw this incredible music being played out. And it made me feel very sad towards the end that that's what happened to Elvis Presley. Mm. Um, and there's also a, a scene when he is passed out from exhaustion. And Colonel Tom Parker just says, I need him on stage now. Do whatever you can to get him on stage now. And they give him some pills to give him a kick and uh that was the beginning of him getting hooked on prescription medication right and being quite unwell and i think you know i was thinking actually before the pod of two famous people who were given medication and died so prince is one mm-hmm. and michael jackson is another and it happens a lot you know people get hooked on the stuff and then they can't function without it and then they take too much and there's a tragedy and presley definitely suffered from that so did he die he within those five too years hard. yeah oh yeah i mean he's right. his um his appearance at that first uh concert at the casino he looks fantastic mm-hmm. and then they show some footage of austin butler at the last concert where he's singing unchained melody mm-hmm and he can barely even stand up. You know, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. absolutely, he's just completely spent. And he's really bloated and mm. unwell. And just in those five years, he went 
his health just went right downhill. But did he die within that time? Yeah, he died after that final concert. Which was, like, at the end of the five years or before the end? Of- yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. No, maybe, maybe they were still playing them then, but um, I can't remember when he died now. 70s, 78? Um, yeah, it was... But even even when he was unwell and bloated, he can still... The voice was still there, mm-hmm. you know. It's, mm-hmm. um, that incredible range that he had mm. is still there and uh so yeah it made me feel happy and sad and angry mm-hmm. all at the same time mm-hmm. uh, many times mm-hmm. which was quite something mm. really yeah i think you've convinced me that it's a decent film i don't think it's yeah. going on my Good. list though okay well i think it should right maybe i'll buy it for you so you have to watch it <laughs> really yes you should buy something I think that you is on my list for me instead i think you would enjoy it right. i think you would enjoy it yeah. Yeah. So that is Elvis. And I'd just say this. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. No problem. It sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah, it is good. Um I don't think you're gonna have any kind of answer if I ask you what the meaning of it is. I think I covered all of that. It's just yeah, it's just like about Elvis. <laughs> Yeah, it is basically that, yeah. And that's why I I struggle with biopics and biographies. Like, I do think you can learn an enormous amount of profound things about life from other people's lives. Oh, definitely. But no one, no one, like, is drawing any ideas out of it, right? They just, you just have to Mm. pick up whatever's there. I think what I something else I really liked about it is that there are no chubby hum moments in it. Chubby hum. <laughs> is that where you is that where you, they, you see the, op, the the moment where the inspiration for a particular song happened? Yes. Right. Yes. What is uh, what's so, chubby hum? Well, I'll go into that in a moment, but I'm just going to clarify that. Mm-hmm. So so there are moments in this where you see Elvis play uh That's All Right Mama. And then we see someone else playing it and we see how it was played as a blues song and you see the roots of it kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not kind of chubby hum. Mm-hmm. Um, so chubby hum, uh, which is a phrase that was coined by uh, writer John Ronson. Right, right, right. Uh, in which he was talking about the movie Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. Right. In which Karen Carpenter, who was the drummer in The Carpenters, is reading a review of one of their gigs... And there's a line in the review that says, the chubby drummer kept time mm-hmm. beautifully. And the camera zooms in on her as she's kind of thinking. And John Ronson said, you can almost see the words chubby. Hmm. Right. And then she died of... of course, Karen Carpenter died of anorexia. Right, right, right. Exactly. Okay. So um, it wasn't about inspiration for songs. It was about the kind of like simplified history of their life. Yes. Right, right. Yes. But the way it's done is just so saying the word again, kind of exhilaratingly, brilliantly put together, that you go along with it. Yeah. 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 We watched a little bit of Uh, that thing with the Beatles, the footage footage of the Beatles. The um, Get Back. Yeah. Mm. Any good? It was riveting, but also boring. Yes, I've heard this. Yes. It's because it's so intimate. Yeah. Uh, and it really, because the colorized 
the colorization really makes it feel like it's happening right now. No, that's cool. It um, you, you almost can't stop watching. It's like watching Big Brother or something, right? You know, like you you know what's going to happen next. Right. And there's is t- it a fixed camera or is there more than no, one? No, there's camera? several cameras, and um, that's good. There's yeah. a lot of it, it, like there's interest in, to do with the editing, and like they also they edit together all kinds of different times of day and things together. Right, um, but it, it does feel like you're just watching it, and what's happening is not that interesting. But at any moment. It might go bad, you know. Like there's, there's tensions, and and then someone will just start playing a song that you recognise, and you're like, <laughs> you know, is this the moment when they wrote it, or were they just practicing it? Have they played it a hundred times before, and you, and nothing is explained or anything. Um, so it is riveting, but generally quite boring. So we only watched a bit of it. Right, right. But it's the um, I'm not sure whether the other movie that came out recently is on any streaming services, which is called The Touring Years. So obviously focuses on the time when they were actually gigging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's cleaned up footage of the sh- the famous Shea Stadium gig in the United States. Right. Where they had the tiny, tiny PA and all you can hear is screaming. <laughs> and, I think I've heard the audio, yeah. And the band, um, you know, surviving members of the band said we couldn't actually hear each other. <laughs> But we managed to play in time because we were so well rehearsed. Right, because they've been playing a um, lot. But they've cleaned that audio up so you can actually hear what they're doing, and right. it's really good. Wow. It's really, really tight and excellent. Yeah, they were. And they were. So, they just worked so hard in the early years, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah. And there's there's a little cutaway to the audience, and there's Sigourney Weaver in the audience. What? Yes. <laughs> Is she screaming and holding her hair? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's actually very good. Uh, so that was a Ron Howard project. So he did all the work on that right. documentary. But yeah. Um. So yeah, that was Elvis. Right, thanks for uh, that. What else have you been watching? What else have you been up to? Well, so the podcast that I've been listening to newly is The Rest is Politics, which needs no advertising oh, yeah. from us because it's, like, number one in the podcast charts. Cool. But, what do they know? Yeah, it, but, I mean, in, uh, in, in a fascinating diversion from the norm, it's two middle-aged white men giving their opinions <laughs> about something. They're everywhere, aren't they? Um, you sure it's not us? <laughs> it's not us. <laughs> um, it's Alistair Campbell and um, Rory Stewart... Yeah. Alistair Campbell being the widely hated um, press secretary for Tony Blair and Rory Stewart being the leadership hopeful from the Conservative Party at the time when, I think the time when Boris Johnson won. Yes, um, that's right. Who's who's from, it turns out, from what is now the far left of the Conservative Party. Um, (laughs) Which is basically slightly to the right. Yeah, so he's definitely a right winger, but like the rest of the party has... Uh, they had already stumbled over to the far right, and now they're even further over. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, they like each other a lot, and they have opinions. Yeah, I can imagine they would. Yeah. And they're they're well educated. They they both speak several languages. They they like know about economics, and they have opinions, and they're talking in a very relaxed way. And I I really miss. I used to watch this week. Did you ever watch this week? No. It was on very late on a Thursday evening. It was Andrew Neil. Oh, wow. who obviously everyone, okay. everyone hates. But um Yes. Uh 
they used to get it was on really late like 11:30 on a Thursday night um so it was like it was like a Friday night for MPs because they go home to their constituencies on Friday so when they got MPs on they they were really relaxed and they would just right. talk openly they'd get people on they wouldn't get people on who were going to give the party line they'd only get like back you know rebel backbenchers or whoever on so you actually found out what was really going on um and i've never found anything like it once that went off i really enjoyed it and despite the fact that andrew neil is fairly obnoxious he is actually quite good at um getting to the um what's really going on anyway point is that's gone um and this is not like that you know they don't have um lots of guests they've had they've had a couple of guests including Keir Starmer and Tony Blair mm-hmm. and they had um uh William Hague recently who is one of the conservatives I can, William Hague of the Conservative Party <laughs> one of the conservatives I can I have t- a bit of time for um and yeah anyway they don't they don't do the interview thing but they do talk about what's really going on and they talk about the kind of stuff that Alistair Campbell knows about as in like the strategic thing and like stuff like that as in illegal invasions of countries <laughs> um i mean they talk I, they've talked a bit about that I, I i haven't actually listened to the episode with tony blair on that would be interesting i'm sure they talk about that yeah i'm sure they do um but yeah rory stewart like is kind of is definitely not giving the conservative party line i mean he's gone he's come out of politics now so he's and Alistair Campbell is still very much a Labour enthusiast, but um, he's, yes, also, he is, yeah. he's also very straight-talking. And I tend to agree with him about a lot of things. Um, and it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing to, for him someone to be so hated. And then he was really really open about his depression and uh, stuff like that. And it, that I, he gained some respect from me for um, being honest. Yeah, about I know he I know he suffers from depression. Yeah, yeah. But that's not a thing to hide behind. He's done some pretty horrible things, Campbell. Yeah, I think he he talks about some of that time n- not justifying his behaviour, right? So, I, I, um, right. At least to some extent, yeah, I think he's repentant, but I don't know yeah. how much. But um, anyway, the point is that they talk about interesting things, and um, there's a bit of meat. It's not just like what happened today. So much stuff is just mm. what happened today. And they're actually trying to think about, like, what does Labour need to do to win? Or, you know, something that's a little bit deeper. Or maybe even, like, hmm. you know, some of the reasons why you might care whether Labour or the Conservatives win. Because right? it might yeah. actually, you know, change yeah. something. So that's quite yeah. good. The rest is politics. But they don't need any help from me. They should be talking no. about our podcast on their They podcast. should. Have you heard those two middle-aged white men talking about films and stuff? <laughs> they're good. <laughs> I mean, they're not good. But <laughs> yeah, we are good. Oh, right. Of course we're good. 52 downloads last month. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, 25% down on the previous month. No, oh, well, that's not good. We need to get that up. Yeah. Um, we need to do more listening, listener. More listening, listener. I know you've, you've downloaded it 52 times, but could you try downloading it a couple yeah, more? Can you, another 52, maybe? Or at least that other twenty five percent we're missing. That would be good. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Uh. Well, so I finished Breaking Bad. Did I talk about this last time? Yes. And you watched and I, El Camino. I watched El Camino. Uh, really, really great. And the thing that's happened since the last pod, which I haven't watched, is that the first episode of Walking Dead, New Tranche, ah. 
is out. I've watched it. You watched it. Was the only one that's come out, right? Yes. Yeah. So I haven't watched it yet. Um, and it's I'm good. Not really looking forward to. It. Oh really? Because you don't want to don't want it to end. Well, because I just think it. Walking Dead hasn't been very good for about five seasons. But I think this final season's been strong. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's been fine. But where is the jeopardy? Where's the end game? Where's the jeopardy? Yeah, there isn't any. That's true. However, I have seen it and it is good. Breaking Bad brings the jeopardy. Oh, does it ever? Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um. So yeah, once I've finished watching this tranche of Walking Dead, I'll then start trying to buy DVDs of the, the seasons I haven't got DVDs of. And right. then I will rewatch. I don't think I'll rewatch from the beginning because I've already rewatched on DVD up to about season six when, right. I, when I got I got the DVD set of that. Um, so, but I think I'd like to rewatch from about season seven, seven or so to the end once I've once I've got them on DVD. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. And it was good. And okay, that's good. I've what have we been what have we been watching? Uh, oh, we started watching Kunk on Britain, right? Which is very good. Oh, really? And very, very funny. Yeah. Because I always find her mixed on uh, when she's on screen wipe and things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's yeah, she's very strong. Or maybe it's called Kunk on the World. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's good. It's strong, funny. Okay. She's excellent. Good. I always thought she had yeah. a lot of potential that didn't quite wasn't quite realized. Yeah, I think they've they've found they've found the way to do it. That's good. Really. Um We watched a bit of Late Night Mash. Late Night Mash. Oh yes. I just find it to be so depressing, Late Night Mash. Right. I I've been enjoying it. It let's see, so it's now um, oh, he's not on. Nish Kumar's yeah, not on it. It's anymore, now fronted it? by Rachel Paris, who was always the best bit of, of yes. Late Night Mash. Yes. Um, and she's made the transition well. I miss the sparring between Nish and her. I thought that was the yeah. best bit. Yeah, definitely. So what they get, what they do now is they get their guests to insult her. Okay. Uh, which is funny and really, really uncomfortable. Like it's quite, it's quite unusual. To, like, I think it was, it's quite normal to sort of throw insults at a middle-aged man. I think it's mm-hmm. quite unusual to throw insults at a, a young blonde lady on the TV. Yep. So that's quite yep. nice. I like that that is a little bit cutting edge. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can see that. She's funny. Um, some, of the, some of the guests are not funny. But we did comment oh, that this season is, is probably, they're probably hitting their stride now. So... A lot of the sketches used to be far too long, especially that professor bloke used to go on and on, and it was just like, okay, just do right. the joke and move back. Um, and now they do; they just they they cut to someone, they do the joke, and they come back, and it's good. much better, yeah. much better. That's good. So yeah. I think Late Night Mash is hitting its stride. Okay, I may give it another go, but I've got so much stuff to watch that I'm not sure I will. Right. Well, I'm definitely not telling you to. <laughs> um, to miss something important to watch it. Okay, that's good. It's but it's, uh, it's we've been, we've been enjoying the return of the Ranga Nation. Ah, okay. Yeah, I watched a couple it's of those. Back. Did didn't? Um, yeah, couldn't quite get it. 
Love it. Right. Also, the Bake Off. Bake Off is back. It's been back for a while, actually. Right, yeah. Really like, we had a brief time of being very keen on the Bake Off because the kids were into it. And now that they're not, I can't yeah, imagine we'll watch it. No. Mind you, we've been struggling to find things that the wife will watch because any kind of drama <laughs> makes her too sad. Right. Um, so that's why we've been watching Have I Got News For You and Late Night Mash and things like that. Yep. Yeah. Have I Got News For You is still good. I love it. Like 30 years How can it still be so good? Yeah. Where it's been going with guests, guest hosts for longer than it was with Angus Deaton. Yeah. Way, way longer. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, the regular guest hosts they have now are really good. So this yeah, season started off with um, Richard Aywadi and then... Uh, I don't like him very much. Oh, I do. I really like him. Yeah, I, don't, I, I enjoyed Alexander Armstrong. Alexander Armstrong. And then, obviously, my favourite, Victoria Curran Mitchell. Yep. She's very acerbic, which is good. She's, um, Doesn't David Mitchell present as well sometimes? Maybe, yeah. I think he does. Um, yeah, I can't remember what else we've been watching, so I'm not even going to speculate. We watch a lot of stuff, but I've forgotten most of it. <laughs> Anything to plug? Um, yeah, so here's something to plug. It's about time, because it's because it's getting towards the middle of October, and you need a bit of time to prepare these things. Christmas is on its way. Now, don't... It is. Don't stop me. <laughs> okay. um, if you want to organise a secret centre, and you want a website to help you, um, then you could consider using my Secret Santa website. It's called Santa Circles. Ooh. Okay. Now, it, it comes with some either advantages or disadvantages, depending how you see it. So it doesn't send a single email ever, not even okay. to validate your login. So if you like not getting spam, that's an advantage. If you like, yep. if you like having reminders and stuff and it, and it sending emails to all your friends to make them sign up and whatever... It's not going to work for you. But if you are sick of advertising-focused Secret Santa websites that try and... I didn't know that such things existed. Okay, okay. There, there are, and we've been using them in our family and friends group over the last few years. Um, and if, you, like, basically, they, they exist to try and get you to order presents through them. Right, okay. So if you want to just... Um, set up a, a little circle of people to do a secret Santa uh, then it will try and trick you into doing anything adding anything to your wish list from their catalogue and then if you find the right sequence of clicks you can just add like a text thing to your wish list saying this is the kind of thing I want mm. it's very useful when in a secret Santa to put put a wish list item so that someone has a clue what to buy you right so yeah. Um and my mum always really struggles to find the bit where you can put in your wish your wish item. Mm -hmm. Because they all they want you to do is put on some item off their horrific catalogue of rubbish products. <laughs> yes. So I got so annoyed with this that I wrote my own <laughs> Secret Santa website. It's called okay. Santa Circles. You can find it at SantaCircles.artificialworlds.net. Okay. Um and it's just a really bare bones website. Um, it, you just put in the people, and then you click the button to do the draw when you want to. 
and and it, and then they, each person can log into the website and find out who they're supposed to buy their present for. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't do anything clever. It's a little bit too bare bones, to be honest. You know, if I had more time to develop it, I'd add more features. But right now, if you just need someone who's not trying to steal your money or your attention with advertising, um, and you like open source things, try Santa Circles. Santa Circles. Santa Circles. It's I don't what know. you use if you're sensible. Let me just try Googling. We're using DuckDuckGo for Santa Circles. Quack, quack. Does it come up? No. <laughs> oh it doesn't. All right. So you need to, I'll, I'll put the link, but you need to go to santacircles.artificialworlds.net. Okay. And then you can sign up there for free. Um, it, like I said, because it doesn't email you, it does this weird thing with registration, which confuses everyone. Where when you register a new user, it tells you the code that you just type straight into the box. Right. right. Instead of emailing you, which is what they, what websites normally do. So just copy the code, paste it in the box, and you're in. Okay. That sounds interesting, actually. I think I might contemplate this. So if you want to do a Secret Santa, it, uh, as far as I know, it works, right? I mean, I haven't used it myself yet. We're going to use it this year with my family and my friends. Right, okay. Um, but I've tested it. It seems to work. How did you test it? Uh, well, I, I, I wrote a lot of tests, um, automated tests, but also I've like I got a few people to log in and check that you it you know kind of works. So I you know I think it right. works, but no guarantees, right? This is brand new. Yeah. Okay. Bleeding edge. So if it loses all of your um, information, <laughs> I'm really really sorry. It's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but rest assured that if it does that to you, it's also done it to me. So. Okay. Because well, I'm going to be using that, it. That may be scant uh, consolation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I take backups every, I don't know, every day or something. So, it, like, I will be supporting it. So, with any luck, okay. it'll work. I don't know. All right. But Sounds anyway, good. It's, uh, it, I like writing useful software, and this, uh, this is useful. But this took me, I, I got really annoyed with it, and I decided in December, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just write this myself. How hard can it be? Mm -hmm. And it turns out, it took me six months. So quite hard. That's how hard it was. Quite a lot harder <laughs> okay. than I thought. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. If if people use it and like it, then I'll develop it further in future and maybe make it look nice. At the moment, it it's very very plain. And one of the advantages of it is that it if well if you consider this an advantage, it doesn't run any JavaScript. It doesn't run any code in your browser at all. Everything runs on the server. So you just get very, very That's interesting. plain pages back. So, so if it's you, very lean. Yeah, yeah, it's very lean. And if you're a tin foil hat wearing person who doesn't want any code to run on your computer that you don't know what it is, mm -hmm. um, then that then you can you can use it. But even better than that, because it's completely open source, you can just run your own version, right? So you don't even need to use use mine. Ah, of course. Yes, so I could run it myself. Yes, you could. I'm currently running it on one of my free Oracle Cloud instances, so you could do that right. too. Okay. Nice. So, SantaCircles.artificialworlds.net. And do let me know if you use it. Um, I'd be really, really excited. Or if I you, may do that. Or if you try and use it yeah. and it doesn't work. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. What's it written in? Rust. 
Okay, so it should it should run anywhere. Oh, it, it'll run like it will use almost none of your server's resources. Excellent. Well, I might just um, spin it up on one of my Kubernetes clusters. Yeah, that would be. I'd love to hear from people who've got it running, got their own version running. That would be super cool. Yeah, no, I think I'll do that. Super yeah. cool. It's a client and a server. Yeah. But you know, if you need any support, okay. Um, um, let me know. The client and the server obviously both run on the server. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's designed yeah. as well, by the way. The reason why it's split up into two like that is designed so people can write apps for phones and things that also connect to the same server. Okay. That's right. the idea. Okay. I'm just thinking about how I would containerize that. Yeah. Oh well, it's, they're both. It's two Rust processes. They can just run in in their own containers. That would be the thing to do. In their separate containers. Yeah. Yeah. In the same pod. Yeah. Okay. Or in, no, in two pods. I would have thought. Two separate pods? Yeah, I would have thought so, and then hook them up together. But, but in the same namespace? Probably, yeah, yeah. They've got to be able to talk to each other. We've gone yeah, way up yeah. past what the user, what listener yeah, wants yeah, we to have, listen yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> maybe, if, you, if you're interested in this, um, viewers, maybe uh, look at the Twitch stream. Maybe we'll keep talking about it after. Yeah, cool. I don't have anything to plug, so I think we're probably done. Awesome. Thanks a lot for letting me do that very dull plugging. No, that was good. I enjoyed it. Good, I mean, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Very dull things. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much. And see you next time.